Welcome to The Boundless Self, a podcast that is here to explore all of the ways in which we limit ourselves. Together, we will explore the deep, messy, exciting, and often uncomfortable topics to identify and heal everything that keeps you from believing in your boundless potential. I'm your host, Kathleen McBride, and becoming boundless changed everything for me. Now I run a life and a business embracing my own fears and helping people all around the world to believe in themselves. Tune into each episode and join me on your journey of becoming your most boundless self. Into this episode, I want to tell you about my very special new program that is starting in January 2023. This podcast inspired an entirely new program for 2023 for me, and I'm so, so, so excited to be able to share it with you. The program is starting at the end of January and it is called Boundless. That's right, it is inspired by this podcast. Boundless is a program where you will be able to uncover and identify your core and root insecurities and fears that have been holding you back from making your dreams a reality. All those things, those insecurities, those fears that you have been holding on to for such a long time that have been stopping you from being able to take action, from being able to make the bold moves that you know that your dream life requires. Boundless is a program where we will learn how to make shit happen. It is for those who are ready for a deep transformation, who know that they no longer want to feel this way, who know that they want to learn how to create self-worth, how to feel enough, how to build belief in themselves, how to feel like they have their own back so that they can go after the things that are really important to them in this life. I'm talking about a boundless career, boundless purpose, boundless potential, boundless friendships, boundless relationships. I want you to imagine a life that is so incredibly full and this program is going to help you on your way there. It will give you the support, the resources and the tools for you to learn how to heal the parts of you that have been holding you back and keeping you stuck so that you can learn to take leaps and bounds forwards. To learn more about this incredible program and book in your free connection call, head to the link in the show notes. You'll see all the information about it. I also had so much to say about this program that I dedicated an entire podcast episode to it. So if you're new here, make sure to head back a few episodes to listen to the episode titled My Secret Program Reveal. And without further ado, let's dive into the episode. Welcome back to another episode of The Boundless Self. I'm very excited, as I say every time, but today is a special episode because I am bringing it to you here with a guest live with me. It is my first podcast actually record, recorded live here in my little home, my mini studio. Let's call it a studio. Let's manifest that. Um, but anyway, so today we are going to be talking all about how authenticity can make your 2023 the best year yet. Authenticity has transformed my life and it has transformed my guest's life. The guest that I'm bringing you today, her name is Mercia. She is a coach. She is a healer. She is an expert in all things authenticity, health, nervous system, healing, hormones, and especially within the space of women's circles. She is an incredible, incredible person, and I am very lucky to call her a friend, and she's just blushing as I say this now, um, but welcome, Mercia, to The Boundless South. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I am blushing so much. <laughs> so many kind women. <laughs> we are so excited to have you here, and today we are going to be talking about a topic that is very near and dear to both of us and has had a big impact on our lives and made them a fuck ton better if I don't say so myself <laughs> yes. a hell of a lot better and this episode is very special because it is in the lead up to an in-person event that Mercia and I are hosting here in the Mount we will be sharing more about this at the end of this episode as well as a very very special deal for our listeners to this episode here so stay tuned till the end otherwise we're going to dive into our topic today
today, which is how authenticity can make your 2023 the best year yet. And I cannot believe that 2023 is right around the corner. We are recording this on the 28th of December, and I'm hoping that it will come out very soon after that. But 2023 is right here. And at the moment, we are being or about to be bombarded with messages of how you can make your 2023 the best year of your life. And Mercy and I were having a great conversation about this, and we both agree that authenticity is the thing that is going to have a huge impact on that. So today, we want to share with you not only our journey with authenticity, what it looked like, how we overcame the hurdles, the many, many hurdles that have um, <laughs> arose on this journey, as well as a few, four, I'm sure, funny stories. But we also want to share with you our real tips and tricks as to how to actually live a life that's more authentic how to find your authentic self how to show up as you how to live and create a life that is yours and that you feel passionate about that you feel excited about so we're going to dive in now Mercia, i'd love to hear from you what has been your journey with authenticity oh my goodness what a big journey it's been um i guess if we start at the beginning um i had a very lucky start as far as authenticity goes because something that i talk about a lot is how important getting clear on your values are Mm -hmm. for being able to then show up in line with those values and i from a very young age had that i guess drilled into me um i had a beautiful role model in my mother who is an incredibly authentic person literally does not care what anyone thinks about her which was incredibly embarrassing when I was a teenager. <laughs> I can imagine. Oh <laughs> um, but I absolutely love it a bit for it. Um, so having that role model right from the get-go was incredible. Um, and I was brought up Christian um, and basically was very clear on my values from a very young age. Um, to a, the point where it was it was very uncool. Uh, was, wow. I wanted to be a nun, um, and I you wanted to I, be a nun. I wanted to be a nun. That was my first job. Really? Wanted, yeah. Ex- until I decided that I wanted to have sex. Um, <laughs> Um, what, what age were you in this? <laughs> what, what was it like realizing that nuns don't have sex? That, that's oh, what I want to know. Very sad. I was like, that's a, like, come on, like that's a spiritual thing. Surely that's an experience. That Interesting. Um, oh, I love it. Yeah. So I guess it was very clear on my values from a young age and very lived very in line with them. My parents treated me not as a child in the best possible way as a kid. Um, anytime I had a question about. I don't know, why is swearing bad or, you know, why is being nice to people important? They would explain to me very clearly and gave me very clear and understandable reasons as to why having values around kindness and compassion and service or whatever those were, why those things are a good idea. Um, I guess they're quite philosophical in that way. Um, So from a very young age, having a clear idea about what I should be, I guess at that point, and why I should be that way, that set me up to live in a way that really... I've come back to, I guess, Um, which was really beautiful. Um, So I feel very lucky to have had that. Mm. And then at the age of 10, immigrating from South Africa to New Zealand, I guess that's when that tested that Mm. quite a bit. Um, And honestly, in some unusual way, and I don't really understand the reason for this, but just maybe who I am as a person, I very much stuck to my values. I arrived in this new country. It's a definite culture shock. And I just continued to be myself. I had no friends for like the first five years that we were in New Zealand because I was just so different. I was, all my teachers would say, oh, miss, you're so mature. I was like, that's fine. I don't have any fucking friends. That's such a, a shitty background right? problem, isn't it? She's so mature, so mature. And really you saw it and felt it as, I don't have any friends. Exactly. Nobody understands me. I'm different. Exactly. You know? But being mature was that kind of slapstick for she's probably been through some things in her life and she's had to figure out a few things of how to be safe on her own and how to get on her way and how to just live her life and communicate with people exactly. well. 
and they slapped a label on it that was mature yeah. and tried to, you know, paint a nice picture over it exactly. when really you're like, I have no friends. Yeah. I'm a sad girl. I don't want to be mature. I listen to popular music, not Tchaikovsky, and I want to, like, you know, I don't know. Well, you hang out with to Tchaikovsky. Oh, all my you're first CDs, Mozart, Tchaikovsky. It was just, I was just a different wow. kid, I guess. Yeah. Um, and I was bullied quite a bit upon arriving mm. in New Zealand. And again, something I'm really grateful for now because I think being bullied meant that I didn't care as much what people were thinking because it just was not it was kind of normal that makes sense like people didn't understand me or other kids were like you're a weirdo and I was like okay and it was hard I guess but I guess from a young age I was like people don't really get me and you kind of stop placing as much importance on that so that was quite a beautiful thing in the long run obviously there's issues that come from being bullied too um but yeah that was like kind of my start that was amazing I'll just pause you there that you were able to stop placing such an importance on people liking you Mm. Even though you were being bullied, it almost feels like the worst possible thing was happening mm. as a consequence of you being who you were as a young child. Totally. And very gratefully from your experience when you were young and your parents being so um, supportive and totally. encouraging of you being mm. your authentic self. That And again, the ages are really interesting, right? Because you were 10 when you moved, mm. right? So you had a period. And again, we always talk about that age of zero to seven when your subconscious programs are being formed, your, your how to be human and who are you is basically yeah, being formed during that totally. time. And for you, it sounds like you had although I'm sure obviously everything else was going on too but you had around authenticity and being yourself yeah. you had that really encouraged and really supported yes exactly yeah. exactly mm-hmm. um, a really safe environment created by my parents mm-hmm. um, they created so much time for me and my sister and really understood us and I spent so much time with them and their friends and I think that's why I also struggled to connect with kids because I spent a lot of time with my the mature with thing, my yes, parents yes. right and their friends and mm-hmm. got on with them which was which was great um um, but yeah, yeah, it was definitely an interesting one. So yeah, maybe it wasn't that you didn't have any friends. It was that you hadn't spent time learning how to communicate with kids your own age. Exactly. You spent more time communicating with adults. And so when you hung out with kids, you probably were speaking in an entirely different way than they totally. were used to. You were being very different, you know? Exactly. And so that came off as mature. Exactly. Um, and on the flip side of that, I was like the most energetic child you can imagine. <laughs> I, just, I can't imagine that. Yeah, right? right? <laughs> Anyone who knows Mr. person, she has just loved lovely like bubbly exuberance you know like very much like young child energy right <laughs> thanks so much yeah <laughs> um so my parents threw me into into competitive swimming um and that to get rid of your energy literally, they were like do you need a channel for this it's too much um and then that was such an outlet of my time I didn't have too much time as I got older to worry about not hanging out with friends or or not going to parties because four hours of every day I was in the swimming pool and Jeez, at the yeah. gym and competing um my friends became my swimming friends when I started making them and we were so like one pointed focus um that again in some ways my emotional intelligence developed a lot later um and i had that almost puberty like rebellion stage a lot later than other kids did i was like this perfect child to my parents so is this where you almost so you said that throughout your childhood even moving to new zealand being bullied you actually ended up almost sticking to your guns Mm. and being like well if they don't Mm. like me that's fine i'm gonna just be who i am and although it was really sad and really painful and you've worked through a lot but that was what was like for the first part for you and then did you go through that stage later because I feel like it's very common for many young people to go through a stage where they try on different hats Mm. especially in your teenage years like you are literally being and trying to answer the question of who am I in the world Mm. who am I in the world where do I fit in where do I belong you know and you finally have that 
like a skill when you turn kind of, you know, 14, 15, you have a little bit more autonomy, you have a little bit more independence. Mm. And so you start seeing who you are outside of just your family and you start seeing possibility as to who you can be. Exactly. And then you go into, you know, you might go down the traditional path of university or college or whatever you want to call it and you're surrounded by a uh, predominant type of lifestyle in yes, those environments. Exactly. Is that where you started almost betraying your authenticity or leaving yeah, it behind? Totally. I, I learned to be a chameleon. I learned mm-hmm. to have to be that people would like me. And this happened because we moved again. When I was nearly 17, we moved to Rotorua and it was like, oh my gosh, a chance to reinvent myself. I'm not 10 now. I'm not just oh my God, wandering along. Age is a chance to reinvent myself. Yeah. You were so, and being the chameleon is such an interesting thing exactly. because it's such a protective instinct, totally. right? It is a coping mechanism from, fuck, I was bullied when mm. I was 10 and it sucked. Mm. I don't want to go through that again. How mm can I get through this in a new way? How can I keep myself safe? Be a chameleon. Be the person everybody likes. People, please. Exactly. Exactly. We mm. moved to this new school. No one knew me. Like, I just had my braces come off. Like, my teeth were Oh, I normal. love that. Just had the braces right. come off. Right. That's like getting, like, you know, a brand new haircut. Exactly. I did. I had a new haircut. <laughs> my braces, braces come are off. Yeah. I was swimming outdoors. I was tan as my boobs had finally come in. I was a whole new girl, like, <laughs> arriving in this new place. New, no one knew that I'd been this uber nerd wow. back in my old school. Um, I was new and I could be whoever I wanted to be. And that's where in some ways I began to portray that authentic self because I figured out how nice it was to have people like you. Yes. Can we say that louder? It feels good (laughs) when people like you. It feels really fucking good. Exactly. And in some ways I just leaned more heavily into parts of myself that people liked. So the parts of myself that were different or, or not understood, those parts got shut away. Mm-hmm. And the parts of me that people liked, like I have a very goofy sense of humor, um, that I leaned into really hard mm-hmm. um, because people liked that. People liked me being stupid and funny and silly. Um, and I'd learned from my old school, from my previous experience that being intelligent was something that was ridiculed especially here in New Zealand with such tall poppy syndrome where I come from in South Africa achieving is like really important and the smarter you are the better you do in school everyone's like yeah good job wow got to New Zealand very different situation I put my hand up in class I was in the year above math class and I was doing all the extension subjects and people were like and like, yeah. <laughs> exactly you were like what yeah <laughs> like it's supposed to be a good thing yeah, yeah. Very, very confusing mm-hmm. um and yeah so I'd kind of learned this got to this new school and I started pretending to be dumb I still my grades were great I was still doing well in class but I would put on this kind of bimbo act of like oh, I didn't really get it like, and I'm a bit dizzy at the best of time <laughs> uh, and like yeah not in a I guess an intelligent way but just in a I don't really get sarcasm very much I'm very straightforward so mm. passive aggression sarcasm things like that go way over my head I leaned really hard into those traits um and I started partying a bit I started just doing things that made me feel like I fit in and I had mm. friends and it felt amazing and I got a boyfriend and I oh, was and just add the whole new layer. yeah it was yeah. so approval, exciting approval 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 approval, approval. Yeah. like yeah guys think I'm hot mm. like you know people think I'm funny like mm. people want to hang out with me it was really exciting and then I went away to uni and I just continued on that trajectory mm. um and it got I guess worse in that I had a huge group of friends. That was great. Um, I didn't do so well my first year because I was so busy partying. I was out of this strict home environment where for the first time I had to regulate myself and all the ways that I'd always been told I should be by a very strict family structure. I now was kind of rebelling against and going, what if I don't want to be like that? And recognizing that those values I had instilled in me weren't coming entirely from myself. They were coming from a family structure telling me that's how 
you should be. So now questioning those. Yeah. And you have that moment where like, oh, exactly. like, am I only who my parents want me to be? Exactly. Or am I only who my friends want me to be? Like, who actually am I? If you take away all the noise, who do I be? Exactly. You know, who do actually, I be? <laughs> not even who do I be, but like, well, actually, yes, who do I be? Like, what do I be? not yeah. what am I doing, mm. but who do I be? Exactly. You know, like, how do I just be as yeah. me? And it was... I was felt very lost for for, mm. for for the years for the four years I was at uni, really lost trying to figure out who I was. Having learned really well to be this chameleon, then feeling like I didn't have an opinion or values because I could agree with everyone. Like any opinion people had, mm. opposite opinions. I was like, I can see your point, and oh, I can see your <laughs> point. Like I don't know. Like, do I have any individual thoughts? Like I don't wow. know. Like I can be convinced yeah. of anything. Um, and I mean, at its best, that's non-judgment. At its finest, but at its worst, it's complete loss of self or any sort of mm. understanding of what you want or who you are mm. and that manifested in pretty severe depression and it manifested in oh, many an emotional mm. <laughs> classic um in eating issues as well um getting so lost in myself that placing all my value then on my external self and how i appeared mm. um not knowing what, who i was inside but going if i am as thin as i can be if i'm in great shape you know then i have value um yes. from others you know I'd, I'd kind of been taught in the school change when I reinvented myself that looking a certain way meant that people liked me and I clung really hard to that and I began this really restrictive and then binging cycle with food manic over exercising um and yeah just just like I'm just low just I was really low and I was lost and confused for a really long time um and yeah I think I mean a lot of us have been there I guess where you just get to this point where you're like what am I doing? Like, yes. why am I here? Like, what's the point of my life? Yes. You know, I have, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know who I am. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> well, thank you for your emotions. Oh, and um, I heard this amazing video the other day someone shared, but I think it really links into when you're showing up inauthentically in your life and your experience, that feeling of feeling low and going, who actually am I? And asking yourself that hideously scary question. Oh, yeah. Um, it's more it's more scary to ask yourself that question than it is to actually just get love and acceptance and all those hits of external validation totally. over and over and over again. Yeah. Um, but what happens and how this person described it in the video, who was it? I think it was Aubrey Marcus. And he said that when you do this, when you are reliant on external validation, when you chameleon, when you people please, you're basically, when you're not authentic, you're basically putting out a projection of you right in front of you. Mm. So you're creating this character that isn't actually you and you're, you're literally putting them right in front of your body maybe a meter away mm. and all the love and all the acceptance and all the validation is going to that projection mm. is going to that character that you've made it's not actually getting to you it's not getting to your heart yeah. and you within when you that's why that feeling of lowness and depression comes through that anxiety going because the thing that's eating away at you inside i can speak from i here is these people don't like and accept me exactly they like exactly. and accept the, side the thing projection them. that yeah. I'm showing them, the character, they don't actually know me. And what's worse is, I'm not giving my, I'm not giving them a chance to even love exactly. me as I am. And that's the scary thing, right? Exactly. The scary, the thing that we're probably all most afraid of in the world is somebody won't love me for who I am. Somebody will reject me mm. at my authentic core, and that is fucking scary, right? Exactly, because when you open yourself up to be loved for who you are, you also open yourself up to be rejected for who you are, and yeah. that's so scary. And it's yeah. sometimes so hard to overcome that fear because you're like, is the love mm. worth it? Like, if I got love for that, it'd be really cool. But if I got rejected, that would maybe kill that would me. Really hurt. So, yeah. And then you just spend all this time like i'm feeling 
our journeys are mirroring each other here, but you spend a lot of time just rejecting yourself. Oh, totally. Like how much fucking time and energy do you spend rejecting yourself just trying so like trying so fucking hard so that people might not reject you mm. you know like you mm. put up this big wall to say oh i'll continually reject and hurt myself as long as other people don't mm. and what's when you for me going on this journey was having this huge realization of i can hurt myself a lot worse than other people can totally. like yes other people rejecting me fucking hurts mm. it absolutely does but if i love myself when they do that it doesn't hurt that much yes <laughs> but if i go into the pain of i don't like who i am mm. that is awful that's you know worst, that is yeah. the absolute worst and, and that's why some of these skills and tools that we're going to talk about later are so important but mm-hmm. back to you and your beautiful story so you got to this point where depression was hitting you yeah yeah so what I did basically from there for my fourth year of uni I moved away I was in Palmerston North I moved back home um because I kind of recognized the environment I was in was not in alignment with me. It wasn't making me feel good. I had some beautiful friends, people I'm a few that I'm still friends with today. Um, But yeah, the overall environment, the really hard partying, the, Mm. I guess just everything, it was not right for me. So what what did that feel like? I felt amazing. No, what did that feel like? To re- like, what did it feel like to recognize that the environment that you were in wasn't serving you? Because we hear that phrase a lot mm, in the old mm, self-development world, mm. like, you know, something is not serving you. But what was it like to realize that? How did you realize, oh, my God, this this environment is not helping me show up how I want to be? I think I didn't even realize it at the time. Mm. I just went, something isn't right and I need to change something. Mm. Um, I mean, I was like, this is my third year here and I'm still not feeling good. Something has to change. I think post-mortem I went, oh, that was good. Like, that yes. wasn't right for me. At the time, I didn't even know it was the environment that I was just like I'm not feeling good I need to move away I need to change something. yeah I need to yeah. change something and I think also history taught me you can move you can reinvent yourself you know I've reinvented myself too far too far away from who I actually am <laughs> maybe I can come back more to center um and I moved home which was hard as a then adult living with family again that can always be triggering um but it was a lot better. I broke up with my boyfriend at the time who was a beautiful human, but it just wasn't feeling right for my body. I think that was the first time I did something that felt good for my body, but not for my brain, if that makes sense. Oh, I was at yeah. war with like mm, the logic. Head versus, and heart. Exactly. Yeah. Head and heart were at war and I'd always gone with head. Oh, and man, and that, that in the body, like whenever somebody says I feel stuck or mm. I feel like a resistance or mm. I feel this, that straight away for me as a coach is a signal your head and your heart are, and your soul mm. are all out of alignment. Totally. Like your head wants one thing, your heart and soul probably want the other. Exactly. Or it might be the opposite way around. And that's a very uncomfortable feeling. Oh. But it leans into that intuition, right? Exactly. Like your body is communicating to you so much. Mm. Your body is giving you the signs and signals. Were you noticing anything in your body at that stage? Apart from that feeling, I obviously, think, your mental health is taking a toll. Yeah, I think the manifestation of depression was a really big one. Mm-hmm. I would just wake up and I would just cry in the night for, like, no reason. Just wow. cry, cry, cry. Wow. Um, yeah, and I think, like, drinking a lot, like, numbing yes. and just almost to the point where it's, it actually stopped working. I thought, I was like, I just can't drink because every time I drink, I cry. <laughs> avoiding my emotions I was a huge emotional avoider so I think I'd always suppress those emotions I mean society had always told me you know my family my South African family um we didn't talk about our feelings very much and I was in family that didn't talk about their feelings oh my um and I was an incredibly I am an incredibly sensitive person and Mm -hmm. I've been taught to shut that away like don't anyone see that um and had also been affirmed really heavily for my intellect and for my brain and told you're really intelligent like you know you whatever um 
so I developed this relationship with myself where I went, always go with my head. Like, that's what I can trust. Don't go with my feelings. They're bad. They're confusing. They don't make sense to me. And the first time I overrode that and I went, listen to my head's not working for me. I've got this really strong feeling in my body. And breaking out with my boyfriend of three years was the first time I listened to that. Wow. And it felt amazing. Wow. It was obviously really hard. It took yes. me like eight months of deliberating to finally do it. Yeah. Um, and it was hard because he was a he is a beautiful man, really, really sweet. And I think that's why my brain had said to me, There's nothing wrong here. Like, what do you mean? Everything's fine. Like he's the perfect guy, you know? Um, but listening to that, I had this huge sense of relief and things just got better from there because I think I opened the door to listening to my body and going, nothing bad happened. Like you feel amazing. Wow. Um, and from there it kind of snowballed. I started traveling a lot and I think that was also not always a positive thing. It was that classic moment thing, get, moment things get uncomfortable, move, move somewhere new. And yeah. I, every year was in a new town and then a new country. But through doing that, I also, reinvented myself each time but back towards center i feel like that's that is also well again i'll speak from i but kind of what i've done mm. in relationships and friendships mm. as well like you you go out a little bit more closer to who you really are yeah. a little bit more closer a little bit more closer because you do almost need that affirmation and that validation that you're not going to die mm. you know mm. if you show up authentically if you say what you want if you do what you want if you show up just as you are you're not going to have people hate you. You are exactly. going to get a, like, you are still going to be loved for yeah, who you are and you'll exactly. still love yourself and you'll find a place where you feel like you belong. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Um, because for so long, the message was, if I am myself, people are going to bully me. If I am myself, I'm going to have no friends. If I am myself, people won't like me. People will reject me. I'll be alone. You exactly. know, that takes time. I think that's a really important message here mm. on the journey of becoming more authentic. It takes time for yeah. your body, for your nervous system to allow you to actually be more authentic, to exactly. almost create that skill of being able to create safety in your own body so that you don't have those reactions because you betray yourself when your body is in a freak out mode. You don't betray yeah. yourself and, you know, you don't choose to stay with your partner who you know is not right for you when you're feeling really calm and really, you know, safe and settled. You don't do it then. You do it when you're feeling absolutely panicked. You know, you go, yeah. oh, no, I'll just stay another, you know, I'll just stay another time. And that's why it probably took you eight so months, long. right? Because exactly. you, every time you safety. think every time you think about it, your body's going, ah, you know, exactly. and you had to get to that point again and again and again and again and go, I'm going to be fine. Even though I'm freaking out, I know how to calm myself down. I'm going to be okay. Mm. Mm. Exactly. And yeah, basically creating safety in my body was what I did and yeah. traveling helped with that because when you travel alone, you just have to learn how to be safe mm. by yourself. You have to become comfortable with being alone. And that cultivated a lot of awareness as I moved around and met new people all the time. But yeah, got comfortable with being by myself, not having familiar people around me. So you and had to build a real home within exactly, yourself. Exactly. Because you were going to be in a different place. Well, that's it. Exactly. That's exactly right. I was, yeah, I became so safe and comfortable in my body that it didn't matter where I was. And that was kind of a really big thing for me. And then. I met my partner, my current husband. So as you started, husband. as you, sorry, uh, if your current husband is listening, maybe your future husband is also listening. Will they be the same person? We don't know. Um, but so what you're saying was that showing up authentically, every time you move to a new place, you would become a little bit more authentically you and just, you built that confidence and that trust in yourself exactly. that being who you are, you're not going to be shunned for it, that you can find trust in yourself to be okay no matter what happens outside of you and as a result of that you ended up calling in your 
current, um, your now husband, who I know is an extremely aligned partner for you. Exactly. And that's the funny thing. Sometimes I'm almost surprised I met him when I did because he sparked a huge deepening of this journey for me. Mm. Whereas of course he did, right? He wouldn't be an aligned partner. Exactly. If he didn't, you know, exactly. And I think I didn't have the words for it because the, I guess the expression of my inner world, I didn't have that ability yet, but in my body, I created the safety, this knowing and this confidence in myself. I also had a very, very optimistic person by nature. And I just had a very much a she'll be right attitude. So I think that supported me so much. <laughs> she'll be right. Because yeah. I didn't have this fear when I did new things. I was like, it's going to be fine. It's all going to work out. No and worries. And you had spent all this time, like what I'm thinking above five years now, right? Mm. Of doing work on creating safety in your body, mm. right? Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I studied, that was a beauty too. I studied mm. at university. I learned about the nervous system. So I started learning about how to create safety in the body, how to regulate yourself. I went on to do nutrition. So I learned so much about health. Um, and I, without understanding the depth of what I was doing, I started caring for myself in a whole new, deeper way. Wow. I've always been really focused on health. I grew up with that um, and I deepened that. And it's so funny when that comes first, because so often it feels like the knowledge of what we're doing comes first and then we do it for me it was not that way I started taking care of myself and doing these super amazing things for my body and the understanding of what I was doing almost came later Mm, Uh, what sort of things were you doing um so my diet in itself I became plant-based which just worked incredibly for my body uh and I love that you said that there for my body of course because everyone is so different and that as well that shift is what supported me in completely revolutionizing this like disordered eating habits that Mm. I had because for me, I stopped eating from a place of what will make me as skinny as I can possibly be. (laughs) And it went to what can I do? (laughs) Right. Um, What can I eat? That's going to help the planet. And that was the big thing for me is it stopped being all about me in a beautiful way. And I was like, I put on like five kilos within six months of being vegan. And that was terrifying, Mm. but I was like, it's not just about me here and this is supporting the planet and things that I care about. Um, and that forced a lot of self-love and acceptance and that was huge. And then yoga and I didn't meditate. I did mindful walking. Mm, which uh, is a hundred percent a form of meditation. A hundred percent. Yeah. Seated meditation was a bit, I mean, still is a bit of a struggle for me sometimes. Yeah. Um, but I got a journal and I started doing these hour long mindful walk wow. um, every day. And that was incredible because stillness had always been quite scary. I'd been someone who was constantly mm. looking for stimulation and to quiet my mind and my thoughts. And I started feeling things more. I started crying. Like the fact that I just cried <laughs> with you, like, yeah. like seven years ago, I would be like, oh my God, kill me now. That's the most embarrassing wow. thing I can ever imagine. I cry constantly. Like, I mean, not constantly, but I cry like every day. Yeah. I cry a lot. It's just who I am. I cry when I'm happy even more than when I'm sad. Um, and I started letting myself feel these. So I guess feeling my feelings and getting in touch with listening to my body, that was the big thing that supported me in meeting my partner. Mm. Um I mean, he was a beautiful combination of mind and body both saying yes, which was kind of the dream because I went on this journey of Mine said yes, body said no, so I broke up with him. Then I dated someone who body said yes, mine said hell no. And that was like amazing chemistry, beautiful love affair, absolute disaster. <laughs> and then I um and then I met Matt and it was like my body was like, oh my god, yes. My head was like, oh my god, yes. And mm-hmm. it was just aligned in all the right ways. I'd come to a point where I had a better understanding of who I was and I was connected to my body. And I met someone that felt right and made sense. And we had so many similar values and that was incredible. And then he sparked a huge deepening of this journey. Uh, and that was quite amazing. Just, I mean, 
I love to go deep about stuff now. Like, <laughs> I, I always loved it, but I couldn't quite access it. Matt is like one of the only people I know that can out deep me every day of the week. Like I will like have a deep conversation every day, all day. Matt can match me and then go way above every time. Um, and that was incredible because he was like my guide. This is a man that was meditating an hour every day and just had a very clear understanding of who he was as a person. Mm-hmm. And he has authenticity inspired you to be even more. Yeah. He started asking me questions. He started probing me and he supported me in like understanding myself and learning to express that because I couldn't mm-hmm. find the words for it. And he would ask me these questions and try these deep conversations and I would just start crying. And be like, oh, no, I don't know why you're about this. And um, often that's the feeling that comes up, right, is that if I don't know the answer and I can't put into words, I'm wrong. But exactly. authenticity is about expression because, right? again, it's that thing we came back to of who do I be? Exactly. Who do I be? Like not what do I do, not what do I say. Exactly. It's like literally who do I be? Like what does my energy feel like? How do I sit? How do I stand? How do I just emanate in the world? Exactly. Exactly. So through that support and through my own journey, a lot of crazy stuff happened, which is a story for another time. Um, I built a lot of self-trust and understanding um, and lots of practices around journaling and a meditation practice and getting in touch with myself so that I was super clear on my values, super clear on who I am and what I want to be going forward. And that changed everything else in my life like for the first time in the last two years I've drawn in the most aligned friendships I've ever had um I'm working towards a career that I am obsessed with uh <laughs> living I just feel like I'm living so in alignment in every aspect of my life mm-hmm. and that feels amazing especially when you haven't been there and you know how mm-hmm. confusing and scary it can feel to be in a place where you're like this is it like I know I'm so sure and confident in who I am um and it's meant that my relationship is blossoming and I have friendships that make me feel amazing and who I love so deeply and who love me so deeply because they know who I am because I can freely express that yes what you just said because they know who I am will yeah. come to that line of the projection or the character that you mm. build to you know almost get people to like you you know when you're stuck in those cycles of people pleasing abandoning yourself not being authentic mm. you know that 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 feels like you feel that feeling in your body when you're like people are loving and validating mm. someone who I've created who exactly. I've made up it's not really just me exactly compare that to which is what you're experiencing compare that to people loving you in your life and you loving you in your life for who you actually are exactly that feeling in your body like that must just have been a complete like amazing yeah i mean first of all feeling like you don't need to be loved by other people yeah. that was huge in Freeing. itself just yeah. self-love that's so overflowing that you're like i literally could be alone and i would be so happy mm. and i am so happy i love my alone time more than i ever have and then yeah the people that i love loving me back or noticing when I meet someone and they don't love or respect me the way that I deserve. And not taking it personally. Exactly. Being like, cool. Not like, for everyone. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to waste my energy here. I used to spend so much time trying to prove myself or win oh, people over yeah. and just not bothering with that. My energy is too precious. And this energy now gets used and this is why, coming back to our topic today, mm. why authenticity is the key to making 2023 your best year yet is yes. because all the energy that you save <laughs> is trying to create this character that isn't you. Yeah. And all the energy that you save on stop, like, you know, you're basically like writing this movie script of who Mm. you need to be in your life in order to get people to love and accept you. But when you just start being, and again, who do I be? When you just start being, you have so much more energy to place into the things that are really important to you. Exactly. Right? And that's what you've seen with your career, with your business, Mm. with your purpose, with even with your creations and your woman's circles Mm. that you run, everything in your life, you know, you've had so much more energy to put towards that. Exactly. I'm not constantly burnt out because I'm spilling energy out on things that don't respect 
expect it or really want it. Mm. And you create so much space for aligned things. You know, you have to, things can't come if there's no space for them. Mm. So by going, this isn't serving me, this isn't, my energy doesn't need to be there. Well, I don't want it to be there. Then you have space for something that is amazing to, to appear or, or be. Yeah, and to be an energetic match. And that's what's mm. really interesting about learning to manifest. Manifesting mm. is about authenticity. Oh, exactly. Right? Like, in order to manifest your hashtag dream life, mm. you need to be an energetic match for those things. And exactly. that is a, a huge part of that is understanding who you are at your authentic core and being that in the world. Exactly. And it's really interesting when you're going through that transitional stage. You know what you're talking about when you said, um, you know, I, every time I moved to a new country, I'd get a little bit closer to mm. revealing my true self to yeah. the world. And every time, and during those transitional times when you're going through a transformation within yourself, which to be honest, I'd say probably happened for us at least every couple of years, maybe oh, every year, maybe oh, all the time, but Scorpio, we go through every those. Day. <laughs> every day, day. Yep. But when you're in those times, what that creates space for when you're not quite being authentic like fully expressed mm. and you're you know on that journey of leaving behind the inauthentic version of yourself you go through that journey and that is when the tests come in from the universe in terms yes. of your manifestations that is when things come in like your story of partnerships you know mm. your first partner that you had you had that real um head connection you know mm. your head was saying yes but your heart was saying no mm. Next time round, you were a little bit more authentically you, and you saw so your body said yes, but your head said no, right? Universe gave you this test and said, exactly. hey, I think this might be what you want from what you're giving off, the energy you're putting into the world. This is what I can see and feel. Here's the match for that. Mm. And then from there, you went, no, that's not quite it. And then you bring in this like completely aligned match with your current partner and where the head and the heart was feeling so aligned because of you, because of you showing up authentically in the world. So really a big part of manifesting and creating your dream life is authenticity, which is what totally. you found in your experience. You found it in being more authentic has resulted in you calling in your dream partner, mm. creating your dream purpose, career, your business, mm. friendships, relationships with your family, totally. your health, your yeah. body, your yeah. mental health, everything, right? Yes. Yeah. Wow. Exactly. And I think you hit the nail on the head. Um, so many people misunderstand manifestation and thinking, if I just think about this thing hard enough, it will come to me. It's not that way. I mean, it's that's more visualization than anything. Manifestation is the idea that you attract what you are. Mm-hmm. So by being your authentic true self, you who do I be? Yeah. <laughs> you attract what is on your what you are, what is on your level, that same thing. And being vulnerable with that, you know, and that's where you've helped me so hugely. Um not being afraid, mm-hmm. I guess. I mean, we're always afraid of something. Mm-hmm. I mean, that never ever goes away, I yeah. think. But but getting over these fears or working with them or understanding them and pushing through them or past them and allowing yourself to just be vulnerable um, because you can't receive if you're not. I mean, I think we talked about that earlier. If you aren't open to love, you're not open to hurt. So often we close ourselves off mm-hmm. because the hurt is too scary, but the love is and the beauty and the good things are all they're in that place too, aren't exactly. they? Yeah. You can't have one without yeah. the other, right? Yes. So yes. You've got to Vulnerability be... is key. Like exactly. you have to, in order to be loved for who you are, you have to reveal and be who you are. And some people right? aren't going to like that. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. You They're not your willing people. to risk it all, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's what's kind of fucking exciting about, especially yeah. love and like about life and business and career and mm. everything is it's kind of exciting. Mm. Like, you know what it feels like to be here. You know what it feels like to be in this place where you're like, mm, I'm maybe showing up about 50% authentically or, you know, in these relationships, I'm feeling really safe so I can show up really authentically. Mm. But in some of these other relationships, I'm not feeling that safe. Or, exactly. you know, at work, I don't feel that good there. So I, you know, put on my people pleasing hat and I, or I'm a problem solver. So I put on a hat to try and be useful, to try and be somebody who's going to get recognized, get praise, get validation. But that's betraying me. It's betraying who I really am and what I'm actually good at. Exactly. Um, 
I'm going to do a podcast episode on this topic later, but it's just bringing me to the point of are you living your life from your zone of expertise or are you living your life from your zone of genius? Ooh. And um, that is from the book. What is the book? Um, Limits? Something Limits? I've forgotten I've forgotten the name now. Um, <laughs> but an amazing book, which is all about finding your zone of genius. And your zone of genius is where you're living authentically and you're tapping yeah. into your unique gifts. But you also have something called the zone of expertise, which is where you're really good at something, mm-hmm. but it's not going to give you that energy. It's not going to give you that life force energy. It's not going to spark you. It's not going to help you to create. It's not going to fulfill you deeply. Totally. And that is a huge part, like a huge distinguisher, because the journey of being human and going on this journey of self-growth is usually about building self-worth, building mm-hmm. belief inside you that you don't need to rely on other people yeah. to tell you that you're amazing and that, you know, worthy of love to just love yourself or to exactly. just be yourself. And what can happen is when you're constantly in your zone of expertise, you get fed the repeated message that, oh, I'm really good at that thing and people are praising me for that oh. thing, so I should be that thing. Yeah. The more that, and again, as children and as adults as well, like we confuse validation for love we confuse praise for love we confuse so many things with belonging and let's move through to our final section of this is we want to share we brainstormed this together and like so many have come up throughout this chat Mm. with mercia sharing her journey but we want to share with you the tips and actionable steps about what you can do today to make 2023 your best year yet to make 2023 your most authentic year yet how to use authenticity to build a 2023 that is really going to light you up And the first point that I want to hit on here is around recognizing and being aware of your core human need of belonging. We all have core human needs. They are survival instincts built into us to literally help us survive, right? It goes back to our caveman days. It's the way that our brains were programmed. We were built to live within communities. We were built to, you know, thrive with other people. And so we each have this core human need of belonging. And when you're not getting that need met, that's when your body starts to freak out. So me and Masira and I have referenced creating safety within your body and the nervous system many times throughout this episode. And the reason that that's so important on the journey to becoming more authentic is because often when you start to be more authentic and true to yourself, you're often doing things a bit differently to the people around you. Um, And that can impact that need of belonging. And again, that is a core human need. It is a survival instinct that we all have that almost is automatic. Even though you might consciously be going, oh, I do belong, I belong with myself, your body is still recognizing, your inner cave, man, woman, whatever, is still recognizing that you are an outlier, that you are different, that you don't belong. And so your body protects you it goes like your nervous system is heightened you might experience symptoms within fight or flight and that is what you are working on when you're looking at creating safety in your body that's what's so important there exactly so recognize recognize and understand that when you go on this journey to become a bit more authentic it is likely going to impact that core human need of belonging So you need to find ways to not only, one, create more belonging within yourself, which is around building self-trust like Mm. we've spoken about, learning how to give yourself validation. So rather than relying on it from other people all the time, literally start telling yourself, start talking to yourself, start reparenting that little inner child, start Mm. telling yourself you've done a good job, start telling yourself that you're proud of yourself. I remember one of the biggest things for me um, on my self-growth journey when I first started was whenever I would tell myself that I was proud of me, I would start crying. And it just hit such a nerve because again, all I craved as a child was I wanted people to be proud of me. I wanted, you know, my absent father to be proud of me. Mm. And so I was constantly seeking that external validation in any way that I could. Whereas when I started 
rewarding myself through my words, through my touch, through, you know, even going out and buying myself an ice cream or a gift and being like, hey, I'm really proud of you for doing that thing. I'm really proud of you for being that today. I'm really proud of you for seeing that boundary, whatever it was. When you start to do that, that starts to create that well of belonging inside of you. And that's really important. So recognizing that your little caveman instincts, your survival instincts are going to come out and they come out in your body feeling unsafe. And that often results in you betraying yourself. So tip number one is learning how to create and resource safety in your body and recognizing that belonging, that need is going to be threatened. So doing some work here can look like, again, meditating, journaling, and really focusing on being connected to your body and feeling safe. Masia, do you want to speak to what are some ways that people can create safety in their body? Oh, I love this. Um, All right. So creating safety in your body. um, A big thing is being able to sit in stillness. I mean, that Mm. is, we so, we spend so much time numbing and avoiding our feelings. So allowing time to regularly sit with yourself um, and whether that looks like meditation, journaling, just a walk in the silence on the beach or in the forest or down the road. Um, yeah, time in silence is has been huge for me personally. Um, classic nervous system techniques to regulate yourself are incredible, and there's so many of these. What is one? Can we go through one right now? One, mm-hmm. one nervous system safety. Mm-hmm. Um, I explain just one. Right, what's your favorite go-to one? If you were feeling, if you were going through a patch of fear and you were freaking out about something, or like you know you're having a bad day and you can feel in your body, what would be your go-to? I'm gonna give you two because there's two that I go to regularly. <laughs> yeah. um, anyone who's been to an event that I do, I go to this all the time, and it's humming breath, Ooh, breathing yep. in through your nose and humming outwards. Mm, that's a very calming. I love that. Yeah, vibration. Because singing as well is, is really yes, calming for the nervous exactly. System, singing and humming because it stimulates your vagus nerve, mm. and that's really integrated in your nervous Listen system. To me. Mm. <laughs> Um, so I love the humming breath because it just automatically stimulates that vagus nerve and supports your body in returning, returning to homeostasis. Um, and again, first vagus nerve calming and stimulation, um, gua sha. So that is that little face massaging tool. Oh, yes. I mean, yeah. I love using that because it's just a little self-care moment. And honestly, taking some time, like after you've had a shower, like with your moisturizing and taking it as a little ritual, that is so calming in itself. But I use my gua sha tool to massage my face and then I massage my neck and that mm-hmm. As it rubs down the neck, that is incredible for your vagal tone. Wow. So, yeah, those are two really easy ones. But, on, so yeah, getting in nature, checking your feet mm. on the ground, like grounding, that grounding yeah. is incredible. There's so many and probably Instagram. It's basically them. taking you from stimulated to unstimulated, exactly. right? So, again, the example of, you know, when you're in the mall and you can just hear literally, you can hear and feel the buzz of everybody's energy totally. when it's busy in a mall, right? It's imagining going from that and how your body feels there to going to, say, being on like doing a beach walk mm. by yourself your, exactly. your feet are in the sand you're breathing or you're having you feel the water washing over your feet or something like that like that difference in your body that is your nervous system that is the difference that you feel exactly. so your nervous system being heightened through that overstimulation versus being in a state of homeostasis exactly and yeah. when you're in that state of homeostasis your body goes ah oh, we're safe we're safe we're safe exactly. to digest we're safe to do all the things that we need to do for our body to help us be okay which also means that your protective parts of you so thinking about you know your guards and your walls and your armor all that stuff both on a body level but also emotionally imagine that when your body goes ah we can relax now we're safe all of that comes down which means you're able to be vulnerable you're able to connect you're able to actually be more authentic exactly when you feel your feelings right like feeling your feelings is a 
parasympathetic thing. Mm. When we're in stress, when we're in fight or flight, we don't yeah. we, we shut that down. We're <laughs> Your like, body's going. It's not helpful for me to cry right yeah, now because right? the bear's about to eat me. Exactly. It's, that's not on our radar. So feeling your feelings, allowing yourself to have a cry or be sad or joyful or whatever that emotion is, that signals to your body that you're safe because yeah. you're allowing yourself to feel these emotions. Totally. Um, and that, I mean, that's beautiful on so many different levels. But. Absolutely. And that brings me to one other point that I just thought of. It's not on our list, oh, but naughty. Um, when I came back to that point of validation, but, and this is again, relearning how to not rely on external validation mm-hmm. so much and how to reward yourself and, and celebrate yourself for being authentic is validating your your feelings and emotions. Mm. So Mercy gave that great example of she cries. Mm. Like Mercy, you cry mm. lots and you know you cry maybe every day. You cry when you're happy, you cry when you're sad yeah. and you denied it for a really long time. You got Super. embarrassed, you felt shameful about it for a long time because of society's messages about crying and being weak and whatever other stories exactly. there are. But in reality, it's just you expressing. Yeah. It's you expressing emotion. And, and loving that now and being like, yeah. I love that I cry. I yeah. love that my emotions are so intense yeah. for me that they come out of my eyeballs. That they come out you of my eyeballs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, but validating your feelings and emotions. So knowing, and again, this is an exercise in releasing shame, mm. but giving yourself permission to just feel what you feel and not have to have an explanation for it, yes. not have to overanalyze that. And again, mm. in your self-development journey, there is a little hole you can get sucked into oh that gosh. I got stuck in there for a long time, which is over-analyzing every yeah. fucking thing in your life totally. and in your brain and being like, there has to be a reason why I'm feeling this trigger. There must be a reason for this or that. And again, although that comes with the mask of, oh, you're trying to be more authentic because you're discovering yourself, you're also continuing to create shame by saying this innate feeling is wrong. This trigger, this thing that's come up mm. is wrong. I need to analyze it. It needs a reason. It can't purely just exist. Again, who do you be? exactly a world yeah a world where you're living authentically you are being you're allowing things to come up and come out and that's a big part of emotion so the next time that you feel an emotion that maybe you know let's say sadness or anger there's so much messaging tied from society (laughs) that says you know being angry or being sad you know being sad is weak being sad is a waste of time being angry is just stupid it's shameful it's bad you know the next time that stuff comes up when you're in a safe space which again remember to create that Mm. what if you just said hey it's okay for you to feel this. I don't have to know why I feel this way. You don't have to analyze it. Like we can get out of our head because there's so much going on in our body that just needs to be allowed space for sometimes and not, yeah, like you said, not getting stuck in that hole of needing to understand every minute <laughs> detail of it and just going, I had a cry and I don't really know where it came from, but it Thank came you. out and it feels good now. And I that is being authentic, that my body feels this way. I'm going to be that way. Mm. I'm going to allow that without judgment and then I'm going to move on. Absolutely. I love that. And then I think our last tip that I really want to hit on so is boundaries. Yeah. This has probably this has probably been the one that um I would imagine Mercy has had the biggest impact in your life. Mm. And oh boundaries. Boundaries are incredible. Boundaries Mm. are absolutely incredible, but also can be extremely overwhelming. Yeah. Um I love to describe boundaries as being an open door. Boundaries teach people how to treat you. Mm. And with every boundary that you set and you you stand by, you are voicing the needs that you need met. You are speaking up, you are asking for what you need, you are being authentic. You know, you are saying this is what I will stand for, this is what I won't stand for. Mm. Here is how to treat me. Here is how I treat myself. Mm. And here is what I expect a minimum level of respect that I expect from you in this relationship, in this workplace, in this friendship, in this gym, whatever it is, Mm. you know, um and boundaries can come in all ways, shapes and forms. But a really simple boundary can be the ones you set with yourself. Yes. Right. Yes. And for me, 
my biggest boundary that I've had to set with myself has been around the scale. So healing from an eating disorder and huge body image issues for most of my life, a big part of this journey has been freeing the number on the scale from my self-worth and who I am. And a huge boundary that I had to set with myself was stop weighing yourself. Totally. Yeah. I only get weighed when I go to the doctor now and it's the best. Even now I I probably would set that boundary with my yeah, doctor and like, say, hey, is there a need? Yeah. Or <laughs> actually say like, hey, is there actually a need? Yeah. Like um, you're yeah. not giving me any medication. You're yeah. not, you know, nothing's happening. I've just come here to chat to you about so my freaking dandruff or something, you yeah. know, like I don't see why my weight, like you can, you know, Such my weight point. would even be that. Mm-hmm. So again, that's a really cool example of a boundary that you can set, but it's, it's standing up and it's protecting your younger self. Mm-hmm. They really are incredible and they're vulnerable. Boundaries are some of the most vulnerable things I've ever done, mm. ever set, especially in my romantic relationships, because it gives somebody an inside scoop of, oh, wow, this is something that means a lot to her or this is a big trigger for mm. her. I remember with a partner setting the boundary and saying, hey, like, I need you to not make comments about my weight. Mm. My weight's going to fluctuate. It's going to go up and down. I need you not to make a comment about that. Mm. Um, I need you not to make a comment about, say, if my body looks bloated today or if this happens or if that happens, Mm. I need you not to make a comment about that because it's going to hurt me and it's going to delay my recovery. Mm. And this is what I'm asking for, you know? And it doesn't mean that their behavior is going to change right away. You may have to reinforce a boundary multiple times. Mm. um, And that's really fun, you know? But again... The people that mean a lot to you, the people that care about you, they want to need those boundaries. They want to help you feel safe. Totally. They want to help you thrive in the relationships that you have. Yeah, totally. And if they don't want to, then why are they in your life? I mean, you know, if you think about how you would behave, someone you love said, please don't say that, it hurts my feelings. You'd go, mm. of course I won't say that. And I think it's knowing how to effectively set boundaries. I had a really um, negative relationship with boundaries when I first came across them. Um, <laughs> I think there's a lot of people probably do. Because, yeah, yeah. again, they can sound like a big, like, Almost like a fuck you thing. Yeah, like, exactly. You know, this is exactly how you need to yeah. treat me or else. Or then, else, you yeah. Know, like, like an ultimatum versus yeah. a, yeah. And I think it's knowing how to set them effectively mm-hmm. uh, and knowing that boundaries are something that you do. It's not someone else's job to reinforce your boundaries. It's, it's your, it's your yeah. job and it's choosing how to put up or if you put up with things oh, when they aren't. Remember when we had that conversation? Yeah. Yes, yes exactly. Do you feel cool to share that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. What was it about? I remember basically we talked about the point of that it's your responsibility to set your boundaries. Mm. It's not somebody else's responsibility to just know. Exactly. Yeah. And there was this there's this confusion around boundaries where it's like, I need you to ask me if you're okay mm. um, for me to do this or whatever. And it's like, no, if I'm not okay, I need to tell you that. Mm. But I am empowered with my boundaries that I need to tell you. I'm not expecting you to like wrap me in cotton wool and walk around me like scared to say something. Cause I've had a relationship like that with people who have been trying to set boundaries and on that journey. And then have said, you have to do this and you can't do that. And you, to the point where it's like, I don't know how to behave, yes. you know? And it's yeah. like, we love each other. If, if I do something that steps over a boundary, just say, hey, I don't want to talk about that. Or, hey, I don't like it when you say that to me. But, yeah, it's not monitoring other people's behavior. It's monitoring your own behavior mm. and saying, you know, if this person makes me feel like shit, I actually am going to make the active choice to not be around them. Or, you know, maybe communicate. And if they can't come to the table with that, then that's okay. Then, you know, then it's my move. It's your Exactly. It's, it's your decision. Okay, well, 
what am I going to do with that from here? Exactly. Like, do I still want to be in this relationship? How much energy do I invest into it? Energy, you know, right? Um, yes. Energetic yeah. boundaries. And also like there's many choices that you can make when a boundary is not being met, but it, it goes down to, again, the ball is in your field. You have a lot more information than you did mm, before. Mm. And obviously, you know, it's boundaries can be extremely complicated, especially within family. Like oh, totally. you can't just cut everyone off from your life as no. much as you would bloody love to. <laughs> um, but, you know, families are really difficult. Mm. Same even in, in the workplace and things like that, That's you know. Um, but again, it's your move. You know what to do from here. You know the you, you feel that you have your power back because you can say, oh, okay, this, you know, say this person is treating me this way or, you know, I've set this boundary and then una- they're literally unable to meet it. They've said, That's I right. can't do that, you know? Yeah. And you get to go, oh, okay, well, here's what's going to happen from here. Like exactly. I get to decide what this looks like now and I know this person's limits and I know my own. Exactly. And that's where communication is, mm. especially with family or close friends, things mm. like that, and just going, when you say this, this is how it makes me feel. Because sometimes they don't even realize it. Just letting them know that is a big enough step. And then yeah, working so through vulnerable. that. Yeah, mm. exactly. But working through that communication to find a balance of what yeah. works for you is yeah so huge. important. So yeah. important. Oh, incredible. This conversation has been amazing. So <laughs> to recap this, Mercia and I are saying to make your 2023 the most amazing year. I would love, we would love for you to be more authentic. Yes. To start this journey of becoming your most authentic self, to start showing up in your relationships, your friendships, and with yourself as who you want to be, Mm. you know? Not who society tells you that you need to be, not who other people want you to be, not who the crowd around you is being, but actually asking that really scary question of who am I? And how do I be, you know, and going on that journey and the rewards that you get from that are fucking insane. As we've heard from Mercia's journey, calling in a business, a purpose, a partner, friendships, homes, and so much space within herself. I've been very similar on my own journey. And our main tips from here were boundaries, baby, setting Mm -hmm. those boundaries, learning how to set them. I have a masterclass for purchase. It's $44, which is called how to be better at boundaries. Um, If you're interested in purchasing that, I'll put the link in my bio, but it breaks, not my bio. God, where am I? on Instagram <laughs> I'll put the link in the show notes um and that breaks down what Mercy was talking about which was how do I facilitate those conversations yeah. that breaks down that part which again setting boundaries is a skill so totally. that is there for you um our second tip there was finding safety within yourself using those tools that Mercy has suggested around supporting your nervous system to feel safe to take yourself from stimulated to from overstimulated to just feeling at peace within yourself mm. having those moments where you can go okay I know how to get my body back to safety learning and remember everyone's body is different you know we will freak out and experience fear differently and it will take a different set of skills or tools for you to be able to calm down again and everyone is so different like for some people it's an hour-long meditation for some people it's a conversation with a friend for some people it's going surfing for some people it's a simple breath you know Mm -hmm. some people it's movement who knows but find that way to create safety in your body so that you can use that and make that a part of your daily practice and then the third thing was well, it's actually the first that we talked about, but it was around that sense of belonging. So recognizing that belonging is built into each of us as a human being and recognizing that it's okay for you to not belong to the crowd that you're currently in, whether it's your family, your friends, the people around you, the people in your community, the people within your whoever, um, whoever or wherever you are and you surround yourself with. But knowing that that core human need is going to be impacted outside of you when you start becoming more authentic. So you need to start learning how to create a sense of belonging within you. And that starts, that one tip from there was with self-validation, validating your emotions and feelings as they come up, telling yourself you're proud of you, celebrating yourself, taking yourself out to do the things that you really want to do, building that great relationship with yourself. Authenticity will change your life. It has for both of us. Yeah. 
And dun, 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 that dun. is why <laughs> Mercy and I are so excited because we are doing our first in-person event here together in the beautiful Mount Monganui, and it is called Express Yourself. Um, <laughs> um, from that amazing song, which we love. But it is basically a two-hour in-person workshop happening on the 12th of January here in Mount Monganui in person, 6.30 p.m. And we're going to be going through how authenticity is going to help you make 2023 the best year you possibly can. We're going to be going through four really key steps here, which I'm going to share with you now. Um, trusting yourself how to make 2023 the best year yet. So part one is going to be, who am I authentically? We're going to ask that scary fucking question together. Mm. Number two is how to see what being authentic looks like for you in 2023. So this is a whole different way of setting goals and desires and things like that for your year ahead, which obviously is going to be happening at this time of the year. But we want to teach you how to set authentic goals, Mm. which I'm really excited about. Part three will be acknowledging the fears and blocks and learning how to overcome them. Because when we set goals, we often have little little helpers that come along with them (laughs) and lastly part four we will be teaching you how to build self-trust in this two-hour event you'll be walking away with skills such as how to find safety in your body which again will be unique to you we'll be teaching multiple practices how to find clarity and authenticity within yourself we're going to be teaching you and taking you through processes to identify those authentic goals as well as tools and practices to overcome fear and build self-trust This is going to be you walking away from this event with a plan, a tangible plan Mm -hmm. for your best year yet that is extremely authentic and aligned to you. So having, like imagine having a solid understanding of what does my 2023 get to look like from a place of authenticity, from a place of me, rather than from what everyone else wants or what society deems your life to look like. And you'll walk away with an understanding of your deepest blocks and fears and how you are going to overcome them every single fucking day until they are no more because my area of expertise is around fear and doing fear work when it comes to authenticity is one of the best things you can possibly do it is what i took mercia through um and our coaching together and it was incredible for her it's been Mm -hmm. incredible for everyone i work with i do it myself literally every day because fear arises so often for me um and learning those processes and those skills is so important and what we're both really passionate about teaching and why we're excited to deliver this workshop is everybody is different that's why we're teaching authenticity we're not going to teach you authenticity in a way that is oh here's how you do it here's step one two three here's what worked for me so this is going to work for you exactly we're going to teach this in a personalized way we're going to get have fun we're going to experiment we're going to get creative and we're going to encourage and teach you how to check in with you with your body with your head with your heart with your soul to find alignment within yourself yes yes exactly allowing space for you to figure it out for yourself allowing yeah some ceremony stillness meditation journaling conversation lots of fun things it's gonna be amazing um but yeah yeah that's it i think that's what both of us do best is allowing space for people to figure themselves out within the structure and with the knowledge and support and expertise that we have absolutely so this workshop like i said is happening in mount monganui on the 12th of january at 6 30 p.m tickets currently until the third this is our special deal for you listeners until the third of january tickets are 44 new zealand dollars and then after that they will be up to 55 and it's going to be fucking incredible heck yeah we want authenticity to be here and when you start being more authentic you give permission to others around you to be more authentic it inspires it heals and it creates the things that we're going to need to heal society and the planet Mm. which is part of both mercy's and mine's bigger vision yes so that is amazing i will link all the details for the event in the show notes as well as mercy's instagram so you can connect with her and get into her amazing goodness especially around the nervous system work around the hormone work as well thank you so much for your vulnerability today for your 
tears, for your expression, for your stories, for your laughter. Thank you for listening to everyone. Do you have anything that you would like to say before we close? Oh, just thank you so much for having me. Um, I feel like we just scratched the surface. Um, <laughs> That's why we're running an event, though. <laughs> yeah, honestly, come along. It's going to be incredible. And yeah, thank you, Kathleen. It's just been amazing. A huge part of my journey as well. So yeah, it's a real privilege to sit down and talk to you about it. First in-person interview in my makeshift podcast studio. <laughs> right, thank you so much for listening, everyone. Have a beautiful day. And remember, 2023 is the year that you become boundless.